Welcome everybody to the Diecast Movie Podcast. For this episode, we have a special interview brought to you by my dad. Take it away, Dad. Hello, everybody. Thanks again for joining us for the latest episode of Diecast Movie Podcast. I'm going to be interviewing Dave Hansen in just a minute. I just want to thank everybody for listening in. And remind everybody, we're getting very close to episode 100. So please send us um, either a voice message or you know, a note to diecastmoviepodcast at gmail.com to let us know what your favorite interview or episode has been or what you've been do- enjoying about the show. It'd be great to hear. Otherwise, on to the interview. Thanks again. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Diecast Movie Podcast. And this time I'm joined by a former hockey player, coach, actor from the movie Slapshot, Slapshot 2, Slapshot 3. Basically, if it's named Slapshot, he's in it, Mr. David Hansen. How you doing today, sir? I'm doing great, Steve. Happy to be with you. I'm happy to have you with me, too. I mean, you played one of the Hanson brothers, and to find it kind of, uh, I'm sure you hear this a lot, it's ironic that your last name is really Hanson, and you played a Hanson brother. <laughs> yeah, it was a little twist of fate there. Uh, you know, yeah, the, initially the plan was to have three real live natural brothers, uh, the Jeff, Jack, and Steve Carlson, to play the Hanson brothers. Uh, when I couldn't find professional actors, I could skate well enough and portray the uh, guys and uh, but as things turned out, one of the brothers, Jack, um, ended up getting called up and was playing with the Edmonton Oilers when they got around to wanting to start filming. So they just plucked me from another role and threw me in as uh, as a Hanson brother. So I ended up being the Jack Hanson, the real Hanson. Yep, the real Hanson is a Hanson, and uh, that's and 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 of course from that point on, I mean, really, the the three of you had such great chemistry that. Those characters make the film, and everybody remembers them from the film. I mean, the three of you stole that movie from Paul Newman and and Str- and Strupper Martin and Strupper Martin and all that stuff. It's just amazing how everybody just remembers the three of you. Well, I think you're kind by saying we stole the film from Paul and Struther. Uh, certainly, they were the stars and the. And the- you know, the attraction to to get the people to come through the doors. But, yeah, we had a lot of fun with it. You know, when uh, when they put me in as a third brother initially, I was kind of, I think, earmarked to play Dave Killer Carlson, which was, you know, a part written after Dave Killer Hanson, you know, the real Killer Hanson. And then, like I mentioned earlier, the three brothers were the Carlson brothers that they turned into the Hanson brothers. You know, we all, the neat thing about it is the Carlson brothers and myself, we all live together. We're all from Minnesota. So, you know, you spend a couple of seasons with fellas and, and you end up, uh, you know, having the same characteristics, the same antics. You kind of just become real brothers in a sense, in spirit. And so when they plucked me and threw me in as a third brother, all they had to do was put a pair of glasses on me and fell right in line without any hiccups. Oh, it definitely shows. The chemistry with the three of you is is like I said, helps make the movie for me for watching it over and over. I, I think without the three of you, it'd be a movie I would still enjoy, but I wouldn't probably watch it nearly as often. But with the three of you, it makes me want to watch it more because, I don't know, the, the, once you guys are on the ice, it, the antics that you guys do and the things, it's just – I mean, I always laugh every time when your, your character is skating and knocks the one guy down and has that little smile on his face. Like <laughs> – <laughs> 
Yeah, someone said to me once, that's the greatest uh, three minutes of hockey that you could ever see. <laughs> so I, I don't disagree with them. <laughs> but a lot of people might not realize this, you know, that see the movie, because a lot of people think it's only actors that are up there, you know, and um, don't realize that a lot of you were real hockey players going in and going and doing the roles. So what led you to become a hockey player? You know, was it um, something that your parents wanted to do? Is it something when you were growing up you had, you saw and you're like, that's something I want to do? Well, I just think it was kind of being a creature of the environment. You know, I grew up in Minnesota. Um, so our winters are long and cold and, you know, it's the land of 10,000 lakes so everything freezes. And so as early as I can remember, uh, you know, my dad had me go down to the local uh, neighborhood playground and put on a pair of skates and go out and start skating. So that's kind of what I and all my friends did, you know, for all the winters. And, and then the natural transgression uh, was, you know, eventually get a hockey stick in your hand and go out and play pickup hockey in the ponds and, and then the playgrounds and, and then eventually get into organized hockey. So it was just... You know, just kind of a natural progression and fell in love with the sport, played it all through high school, was fortunate enough to uh, um, get recruited to play collegiate hockey. In fact, one of the ironic things about all that was uh, Herb Brooks, you know, the iconic Herb Brooks uh, was the the coach that recruited me to play for the University of Minnesota. so I started out there and didn't last very long there because I, I wanted to take a different direction and, you know, went went on to juniors and right out of juniors uh, turned pro. And and to my surprise, uh, I ended up making a 10-year professional career out of it and had a blast doing it. And along the way, had a lot of fun. And one of one of the uh, fun things was uh, being in a movie. Oh, I know. And, and I'm wondering, life on the road for you guys in, in professional hockey how well was that portrayed in the movie Slapshot? Well, the thing that I tell everybody is that movie is 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 more fact than fiction. And the, the short story behind all of that was the screenplay writer, Nancy Dowd, um, had a brother on our team by the name of Ned. And ironically, Ned played the, the character Ogie Oglethorpe in the film. And, you know, the story goes, as it was been told to me, is that Ned was talking to Nancy one time. She was in Los Angeles while Ned was in Johnstown, Pennsylvania with us and the team. And he started telling her about, you know, the city being a steel mill and the mill workers are all, you know, being uh, put on leave and the mills are shutting down and, and she's playing. He's playing on this team with three brothers and a guy by the name of Killer Carlson, Killer Hanson, and they're on the bus trips and you know so forth and so on, on and on. And it kind of uh, intrigued Nancy so much that she came to Johnstown and spent some time following us around and pretty much then had the whole idea of uh, this movie Slapshot and wrote the screenplay based on a lot of the real live people uh, on our team uh, in the league, uh, the antics that went on in the league. So, you know, again, uh, you could pretty much say that in a sense, it's almost a bit of a documentary as well as obviously a fictitious comedy. But uh, to answer your question directly, you know, life on the road, the way you see it in Slapshot was pretty much the way it really was. And I find that amazing how she was able to do that, you know, um, thankfully with her brother giving her that, that like, I guess, inside information for people like, say, inside baseball or inside hockey in this case. And, and she was able to really craft a well-done script. 
Well, she's such a talent to begin with. I mean, she she had and went on to do you know many other great uh, screenplays, and I think uh, I think you're right. You know, the inside track that she had with Ned, and you know, even after she left, uh, we would see Ned sitting in in some obscure parts of the bus or the room or in places talking into his hands. We come to realize that he was. He was recording, you know, either the day's activities or the week's activities, and so recorded that he was firing off to Nancy in L.A. And she would use that, you know, to to continue putting her script and her ideas on on paper. And and so yeah, so she, uh, as old Dickie Dunn said, really captured the spirit of the thing uh, in in the language and the antics and and the you know tomfoolery and and the actual stuff that went on uh, especially that season where we did win the championship that is 74 75 season and she pretty much captured all of that in film and and uh you know through the great acting of and the casting of the characters and george ray hill the director i mean everything just came together and made a just a hilarious uh and yet uh pretty uh pretty good accurate film about the minor league hockey and I think that's one of the reasons why the movie has such strong legs and, and legacy where it's been out. I mean, this came out in 1977, so it's you're talking, um, what, 45 years, and it still holds up. So I think it's because it has that realism in there. Well, it's incredible, Steve. Uh, you know, we just, you're right, the 45th anniversary of its release was this past February, and um, it's incredible that the popularity of it just hasn't died. You know, it seems to continue to grow, and it, it's almost like a rite of passage. I mean, I run into, you know, grandparents who are with their grandchildren, and, and you know, they talk about how, yeah, you know, I remember the first day that I saw this movie back when I was a teenager, and, and you know, now I've shown my grandson it, and, and uh, so I've got anywhere from, like I said, people in the golden years down to ankle biters, uh, you know, looking to talk to me about the movie and get a picture, get an autograph or just tell a funny story or give me their favorite line. So it's and, and the ironic thing that really has surprised the heck out of me is that you would think, obviously, that Canada would Canada and the United States would be you know, really where it is most popular. But through my travels through the last 40 years, we've been to. Australia, London, Germany, uh, Italy, and, uh, you know, in other parts of the world and have come to found that Slapshot is not as popular, but even sometimes even more popular, which you find here in North America. That That is kind of, um, I guess it shows you more of hockey being uh, the worldwide sport that it is. You know, but, but Australia, that's kind of surprising that you'd think of, I don't think of Australia as being the big hockey magnet, but obviously they like well-made movies. Yeah, the, the the funny story I got about that is, so I was over in Australia helping out. We were doing a little bit of a, a tour, five, six-city tour through the ma- major uh, cities of Australia and uh, trying to uh, raise the awareness of concussions in the sport of hockey and playing some celebrity hockey games and competitive games and so forth and so on. And, and we were in Sydney, and, and the organi- organizers actually brought in uh, Wayne Gretzky to come in that day to help promote in that city the events. And and uh, I was there 
that we were both Wayne and I were there at this facility at this banquet afterwards, and people were lining up to get pictures and autographs. And, and embarrassingly enough, because I think Wayne Gretzky is, you know, if not the greatest hockey player of all time, one of the greatest. The line for me was longer than the line for Wayne, so uh, that just kind of <laughs> emphasized to me that and shocked me that oh my gosh, you know, slap shot in Australia. Who would have thought? That does blow your mind when you have the great one. And then, no, 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 no disrespect to you, but I mean, you, you'd think Wayne Gretzky would be the draw, but I guess it just shows oh, I agree movie with you. Stars. Totally, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I, I'm with you. It was uh, it was a shock to me, and because uh, I even got in line and got a picture with Wayne, <laughs> so it was it was pretty funny. Well, at least you brought your posse over, so that way it made it look like he had a longer line then. <laughs> Right. <laughs> Everybody, let's get pictures of the two together. <laughs> that way. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that. I just. I, I, I wonder what was going through Gretzky's mind, you know, and if, if he looked at that. But I don't think he's really a vain person, so he probably was just like, "Oh, this is funny," you know. <laughs> oh, not at all. I mean, he's he's one of the most humble people I ever want to meet for certainly the accomplishments that he's he's had in his lifetime, but no, he's a wonderful guy. We had a good laugh. We we laughed about it and had a couple of beers and, you know, just, just had a good time together. Now you, you brought up director George, George Roy Hill. What was it like working for him and how did he go about casting all these different like roles? Cause you had to cast real hockey players and actors and try to balance it out with the, the scenes. Well, George was, uh, George, first off, was just a wonderful guy. He had a great sense of humor. Um, you know, we found out real quick that he was also a Minnesota boy, you know, like Jeff, Steve, and myself. So there was kind of that little natural connection. And, uh, but, you know, he really had a good flavor for, uh, I don't think he knew much about hockey, but he certainly knew a whole lot about comedy and about personalities and how bringing the best out of people. So, of course, him and uh, him and Paul Newman had worked together in previous films, so Paul was his first pick. Although, you know, I think uh, Al Pacino was actually the first actor that got casted as Reggie Dunlap. But when George found out that Al couldn't skate, uh, I think they kind of dumped Al and brought in uh, Paul. Paul jumped on the idea right away, and and uh, and so you know, it was it was kind of a, a great thing where they try to get professional actors, you know, they had to play, you know, the roles of like the Hanson brothers and Johnny Upton and, you know, some of those characters in the film. But, uh, as much as they try to cast these actors, guys like, you know, real A-listed actors like John Travolta, Nick Nolte, Peter Strauss, Donnie Most, uh, et cetera, et cetera. These guys couldn't skate well enough to meet the standards that, George wanted as far as the authenticity of, of having hockey being played and look like it's, it's being played by you know professionals. So that's kind of where after they fruitlessly went through and failed at getting you know quality professional actors to play the major roles, that's when they came back and asked you know the Hansons and the Carlsons to to play these parts but then they also you know we're lucky enough to get guys like Ned Braden who was an NCAA player in fact I think he might have been an All-American at New Hampshire so you know he stepped on the ice was able to keep up with us and then a couple of the other guys um, 
that were actors, Jerry Hauser and Alan Nichols and Steve Mandela and Brad Sullivan, you know, those guys, you know, they could skate well enough to pull it off. And even Newman was a pretty good skater. So, you know, he did pretty well, but George had a knack. He could pull us all together and uh, set up the scene and recognize that, you know, there were scripted lines. Nancy had wrote, written a great script, great lines, but he also gave us a little bit of a leeway to, to embellish or, you know, just kind of ad lib. And that was a blessing for the Hanson brothers because <laughs> by no means were we actors. I mean, we were we were actually downright pitiful when he first time he said action and we were supposed to say our lines. Um, and then he found a way to just kind of set us aside and say, hey, guys, you know, here's the lines. But if if, if the situation was real and and you guys are just sitting in the locker room, you know, what would you do? What would you say? And we says, well, I don't know. And he says, well, just give that a try. And that's kind of how we approached it. And he loved it. And, it. and then it finally really all came together and worked well for us. Since you said like in the locker room, there was those times where Paul Newman being the coach would say different things. And the three of you would kind of echo in your own words, you know, different. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, 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 was that like some of the stuff you guys were making up, you know, just going with it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we got a lot of losses. Yeah, we're here to win. Yeah, you know, yeah, was, that's it. We were just kind of flying off the cuff, and and uh, you know, and George really liked it. And Newman really liked it. Allowed you know the energy was high, and allowed them to feed off it. So yeah, a lot of that stuff was. Uh, again, you had some great lines by Nancy, but you know, giving us the opportunity to kind of embellish or ad lib just kind of you know made it even better in a lot of situations. I, I love that part because. Now, and now it even makes more sense because Paul Newman probably didn't know what you guys were going to be saying because it wasn't in the script. And here you're saying it, and he stayed in character, would look at you guys like, like what What are they saying? But it, but it fit his character. Yeah. And, and, and he turned to say another thing, and you guys would respond again. And it was, and I think after that, he, it, the, the stick of that worked in all the different locker room scenes in the future. And I think it was just yeah. really great. Yeah, you know, it because uh, you know a lot of the actors. Keep in mind, you know, those actors were there acting to be hockey players, and we were hockey players just being hockey players. So, you know, as as the film continued to roll along, and they all kind of realized, hey, we just need to kind of sometimes go with it. And so, some of those expressions and and the responses by some of those guys were like, well, let's keep the camera rolling and just do what you do, and it, it worked out pretty well. Oh yeah, because some actors are trained with improv and staying character and just go with what's going on, and, and and I think that worked well with their training and that they were able to just not break character and keep it and 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 worked great with the director doing that, allowing you guys to have that leeway. Yeah, and a lot of it. The tough part was that we probably end up taking more takes, having to do more takes than usual because a lot of times guys just couldn't keep a straight face. You know, you just burst out <laughs> laughing. Uh, you know, when someone would do a scene and, and you know, something like that would happen and you'd just, you know, everybody would just burst out laughing and George would, George would be right, George Roy Hill would be right along with it laughing too and he'd have to say, cut, all right, let's give this one another try. You know, <laughs> so it was pretty, it was not only, you know, it was not only, you know, the professionals doing their job, but, it, it, you know, as Paul Newman said, it was probably the, the one film he had the most fun ever making in his entire career. I, I, I tell you can tell he is it's you know you can tell when an actor is just enjoying it. and of course he i don't think there's ever a bad paul newman performance i mean he's just one of the best ever 
Oh, yeah. He, you know, he was the kind of guy when he would come on set, he would walk in, he, and, you know, he was just a regular guy. Unless you knew it was Paul Newman and he was a star, you wouldn't know it by his behavior. But, boy, once he got in front of that camera, you could see the professionalism clicked right on, and that was the major difference. Now, Paul Newman, I look at it. When you said Al Pacino, I can't imagine Al Pacino, even if he could skate pulling off, because Paul Newman just seemed like such a natural athlete. And as you said, he could skate well enough because it seems he seems like the type of person who could pick up things, especially athletic things, real easy because of his because of his background. Yeah, he you know, I guess he grew up, you know, when he was growing up in Ohio, he had skated as a young kid and then prior to uh coming to Johnstown to start the filming, you know, up in uh, I think in Connecticut where he was living, he you know, he, he started skating again. So he came in, you know, and could skate pretty well. I think he was 52 years old at the time. So, you know, he was in excellent shape. Um, he was an athletic guy. The challenge that he had was not the skating part, was, but it was, you know, what do I do with a hockey stick in my hand? Because he had never played hockey. So, you know, we, we would pull him aside and we would talk about it and show him this, that, and the tricks and, and uh, you know, and the way to hold the sticks and what to do. And, and then he'd go off and he'd practice it. And then, you know, he would go and do a scene and he'd pull it off effortlessly. So, you know, he was he was a natural. He was a natural athlete, but he would certainly work at something that he wasn't real comfortable with or didn't know much how to do to, to pull it off and look like he was an old season pro at it and certainly in Slapshot he did pretty well with that. Oh, I think I definitely think so because he pulled off his character well and what what was he like offset? You know, did you guys get to hang out with Paul Newman or did he did he kind of stay more off to himself? Oh he he hung out with us all the time. He uh, he enjoyed his beer, enjoyed his uh you know post work cocktails so you know whenever we had a chance and we were done we would all get together and go have a few beers and sit in just in the local bar somewhere and uh, until you know it got a little uncomfortable with him when people started realizing who he was after we were sitting there for a while and then he would duck out the back door but he was just a regular guy he liked to pull a lot of pranks and uh and of course we would pull him back on him and on him and others and uh so you know but again like i said you wouldn't know he was the you know the super hollywood movie star uh by the way he behaved because he fit right in with everybody else, uh, just being a regular guy, just talking off the cuff and and not having any kind of uh, air of arrogance or, uh, uh, you know, snubbery about him. Now, also in this movie, you had one of the, one of the best character actors ever in Strofer Martin playing the um, the GM. What was it like working with, with Strofer Martin? I mean, because to me, he seems like somebody that would be a, that would be kind of a character off and on screen. Oh, Strother was hilarious as well. He, there again, here you've got a seasoned pro actor that, uh, you know, was just a master at his craft. Uh, but boy, did he like to laugh and, and have some fun. And, and we, you know, I mentioned earlier about, you know, sometimes it was pretty difficult to get through scenes because you just burst out laughing while he's got that iconic scene where he, at, towards the end of the uh, film when we're out getting trounced by the Syracuse Bulldogs. Well, he's got scouts in the stands with contracts in their pockets, and and he comes in and he he just starts you know, storming, you know, all the fashion shows, all the you know this and that, and so forth and so on. 
Well, we would be all sitting in the locker room getting ready to do the filming, and we could hear him out in the hallway just getting himself all wound up, practicing, yelling and screaming and pumped up, and then George would say action, and he'd come running in and you know, go through his routine, and, and we would just bust up laughing. We could not get through the scene and with it, and then uh, you know, George would call cut, and and then you know we'd all bust a gut, and then he he would say, okay, let's do it again, and and, and Struther would go back out in the hall, and you could hear him getting all pumped up again. He'd come back in and action, and he'd come in and he'd start roaring, and we'd all burst out laughing again. And but he enjoyed that. He was a funny guy, a good guy, uh, just a wonderful human being, uh, you know, as far as uh, a quality human being. But but just a pleasure to be around and on set. Another another. You know, another very accomplished actor that had no air of arrogance about him or, or uh, you know, just, just a regular Joe. I think that goes to credit with the um, the actors themselves, but also with the director and the casting director, you know, picking people that they knew would fit, all the pieces would fit together. Well, I'm sure, I'm sure George Roy Hill had a plan, you know, and, uh, and knew everybody that uh, was coming in. And, uh, so those, those main ingredients like Paul and, and, uh, Struther and, and, and the other characters, you know, even for that matter, you know, Michael on Keen and, and, uh, Jennifer Warren and Lindsay Krause, you know, you know, uh, I'm sure he had a plan and it worked, you know, it worked perfectly. I mean, you talk to these professional actors, you know, I see a lot of guys still to this day, you know, that played some of those bit parts on the team with us and. You know, they were professional actors, Jerry Hauser and Alan Nichols. And, and you know, they would say that this, in all their experiences, filming Slapshot was such was so unique because unlike other movies, you it was just one, they turned into one big family. And, uh, you know, everybody got along well. Everybody, you know, pulled jokes but laughed and, and uh, would have, you know, drinks together, lunch together. Um, and he says, you know, those guys would say, you know, you just didn't have this in other films, but Slapshot was unique and it had a lot to do with the personalities and, and I'm sure the leadership, which was George and Paul and Struther. Oh, exactly. And for listeners that haven't seen the film yet, uh, I do recommend you see the film, but it's the, 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 you and the Carlsons, Jeff and Steve, when you guys are on the ice, it's one, it's, if you like, the Roadrunner Wiley Coyote cartoons where you don't have any dialogue, but you have all the crazy action going on. That is what it's like on the hockey rink. You know, it's, it's the three of you guys, no dialogue, just going through and doing all your hijinks. It's, it's just, it's just, uh, it's, uh, it's, to me, it's the best way to describe it. I think is more like Roadrunner Wiley Coyote where you, you guys are the Roadrunner and the, the opponents are the Wiley Coyote because they get all the abuse. Yeah, I, I've never heard it put that way, but I think you're pretty accurate. Yeah, we were just, uh, you know, three guys that were just a, a destruction machine out there in the ice. I mean, we, our, our characters love to, to hit, brawl, fight, uh, you know, and then go afterwards and read comic books and watch uh, Speed Racer and, and call the pizza man. You know, that was, uh, that was our simple characters. Which is, I think, what, dro- what drove the Reggie Dunn. Dunlap's character nuts because you know Paul Newman's character nuts was that um he would see you guys and you're playing with your toy cars in your room and he's like looking at you trying to think 
what is this? You know, and, and, and you think of it as a generational thing because he's, you know, supposed to be a lot older than the rest of the players, which he was at the time anyway. And, and here you guys are playing. How, how realistic was it? Did you guys actually in, in real life take like racing car tracks and stuff like that with you on the road? And Well, again, that's I go back to Nancy, you know, writing about uh, you know, putting in these little characters and these, these parts that really happened. So the, so the idea behind the racetrack was we didn't take them on the road, but we, uh, we would set up the racetrack in, in our apartment on a day off. We'd push all the furniture back and we set up the track and we would have race car um, races with each other. And it, uh, you know, got to the point where it first started out because we all lived together in the same house, myself and the Carlsons and, and the boy and the player that played uh, Billy Charlebois, Guido Tanisi. Uh, we all lived together. We had we lived on a three-story house. The Carlsons had one floor. Guido and I had another floor, and the landlords had the, the bottom floor. So we would push all the furniture aside. We set up the racetrack, and we have race car races, um, you know, on the days off. And so Nancy, I'm sure, you know, either saw that or heard about it because it eventually grew to where the the guys would say to the uh, to their wives, the married guys, would say, "Hey, we got to have a team meeting, so we have to leave for a while." And they'd come over and they'd they'd bring their cars too and we'd race and and have a you know have a few beers along the way so yeah so she took that kind of like the foil thing she took that and she you know took it a, a little bit a step further and had us you know bring our toys on the road and and play with our cars which uh, you know which i go back to you know a part where newman says you know we were too stupid to play with ourselves well we weren't but uh you know that's another story another time <laughs> Well, I, I, would, I would look at it this way. If you have fouls to coach, what would you rather your guys be doing before a game, like if they're at a hotel? Would you rather them being out all night drinking or, or playing with um, race cars or that kind of stuff? You know, it's, right. it's like, eh, I, I think that's tame. Let them do that. You know, it's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but every coach has a different thing they want their players to do. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Now, when you were a player, how close to what you did as a player was it to what you um what would what you were doing on the in the movie you know what what, what are the like what's the major difference because you were a defensive player and um, how close was it to your style because I, I assume you weren't you weren't as going in there and, and fighting like almost every time you had a chance like like they're showing in the movie of course the movie doesn't show every part of the game <laughs> right well on the contrary steve uh the character I played was pretty close to the way I played in real life. Oh, um, really? I was, yeah, I, I broke into the league, not as a goal scorer. You know, I, I was known for my rough and tumble style of play and for, you know, dropping the gloves at the blink of an eye. And, uh, you know, oftentimes, uh, you know, the first half of the season, as we would go through the league and play every team in the league, you know, I would spend more time in the penalty box than I would on the ice. Uh, and then, you know, once we get through that part, then, you know, the second half of the season was, you know, where I knuckled down and would play more hockey. But, but yeah, my style of play was, I was known as a fighter, as a, as a physical player. I was not known for my goal-scoring abilities, although, you know, I had a couple decent seasons and, and putting a puck in the net. Uh, but, you know, my 10 years career, you know, team players would, or teams would bring me on to be, uh, you know, 
as you call them when you're on the team, the enforcer of the team, or if you're the opponent of the other team, the goon of the team. So, you know, I, I probably wore that badge with honor uh, and uh, stuck up for my teammates and, and uh, you know, enjoyed that aspect of the game. I have two older brothers, and my middle brother um, is the one who loves hockey, loves all sports. But when we play games in the neighborhood or whatever, and all of us are together in a team, or if I was watching him play in um, intramurals or in high school sports and stuff like that, he was that same type of person where if somebody did something to one of – where he felt disrespected one of his teammates, he would take it on himself to be the enforcer to go and settle the score, so to speak. And um, so I'm, I'm very yeah. familiar with that. It's it's And, and p- people like say it's a terrible stuff. But you need somebody on that team – or, or somebody's sometimes depending on the size of the team who's going to have the backs of all, all the guys there because not everybody's made with that kind of um, fortitude to go and do that. And some guys like you brought up Wayne Gretzky, you want him on the ice. You don't want him in the penalty box. Well, you're absolutely right. I mean, you think about the teams that Wayne played in the early years when uh, the Edmonton Oilers were, you know, dominating force in the World Hockey Association and then in the NHL. Well, Wayne had his Wayne had his goal scores, you know, with him and and uh, Messier and uh, Jury and you know a bunch of those you know high flying teams. But he also had you know his his enforcers, his protectors, and Marty McSorley and Semenko, um, uh, uh, Dave Semenko, and, and other guys that allowed him to play his game and not and not have to uh, defend himself on a regular basis when other teams would send somebody out to try to intimidate him and hit him and slow him down or you know get him off the ice so you know back in the 70s that was the style of play every team had their tough guys um, it was also even you know a a game strategy you think of the old Philadelphia Flyer days back when he had Dave Schultz uh, you know uh, the Hound Kelly, uh, Big Bird Seleski, Moose Dupont. You know, they had tough teams. And then you had the Bobby Clarks and the uh, Reggie Leeches who were out there to put the puck in the net. And and that was, a, that was a game plan where they would go out and they would intimidate the teams, play physical, and, uh, and not back down from anybody. And, well, at the same time, uh, had a mix of players that would put the puck in the net and, and win. So that was at all levels. So when you take a look at Slapshot, which was kind of the, the low rung of the professional leagues, um, that's, that's the way the game was played then. That's the way the game was played. That's the way the leagues uh, were at, and it was like pretty much like that at all levels. Yeah, I remember my brother taking me to see some Skipjacks games, the Baltimore Skipjacks, and this was like in the mid-'80s when they had won the AHL title, and they had um, um, Gene Yuburko as the head coach, and they had John Casey as their goaltender, and you had the guys there that were – like you said, set there to do the scoring and other stuff. You had the other guys there that were to, to keep them being able to score, to keep the other guys off of them. And um, it, it was just it was just enjoyable to watch, you know, and, 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 and appreciate the sport, the passing, the movement. And even if you're not a hockey fan, I mean, if you're, if you're a sports fan, if you're a soccer fan or if you're a basketball fan, it's the same thing. It's, it's the give and the go, the ebb and the flow. Oh, you're absolutely right. I mean, hockey to this day still is one of the greatest sports in the world that, that takes some of the you know, 
the most athletic and elite athletes to be able to play it. You know, it's got everything, everything that a that a a, uh, a sports person wants. You know, a sports fan. It's got speed. It's got physicality. It's got you know skills. It's got unexpected. Uh, you know, and it's it's just. Uh, just an exciting sport that, uh, you know, by today's standards um, is unmatched by any other sport at the, uh, at the amateur or professional levels. Well, I agree. And and I, I've always enjoyed watching hockey. You know, I'll put it on and I, I enjoy all, I enjoy all sports. My brothers raised me to appreciate everything from football, rugby, soccer, baseball, basketball, hockey. I mean, all the sports out there, volleyball. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's just fun. And I've played in a bunch of them and it's just appreciated all. And that's why I appreciate, you know, actors like Paul Newman that are able to play all these different things. And it's just, if you're athletic, you're able, and you practice at it, you can adapt and be passable. And then some people are gifted enough to be like yourself, very talented enough to play at a pro level. Yeah, it's, it, it continues to be you know, a great sport that's gotten, you know, you think about of, of all the sports um, that are played in North America, there's no other sport like hockey where you've got athletes from all over the world literally playing in the National Hockey League or, or every other uh, level of pro hockey and amateur hockey for that matter in college now and juniors. Uh, like hockey does, you know, it doesn't, you don't have it in football. You don't have it in, you know, a little bit in baseball, but certainly not to the extent that hockey does. So it's, it's a phenomenal sport that, uh, is played around the world. And, uh, you know, it, it, to this day, it, it's, it certainly has evolved from what it was like back in the seventies to what it is now. Uh, and some would argue whether it's, it's lost some of, uh, some of, uh, the fun parts of it, but, uh, like the fighting, you know, you don't have as much fighting or physical, uh, play, but it's still, it's still the skill level and the physicality and still the gloves drop. Uh, you know, it adds that kind of excitement that you just don't have in any other sport. Oh, I agree with you. And there, now you were in two other Slapshot movies, Slapshot 2, Breaking the Ice, uh, which was filmed like what, 25 years later. Yeah. And that was with Stephen yeah, Baldwin was, and Gary Busey. What was that like? Yeah, that was, well, that was unusual. I mean, we literally got a call a couple of weeks before they decided to start filming saying, Hey, we want you in a movie. <laughs> Will you come out and do Slapshot too? And we filmed it up in Vancouver and we really didn't have any idea about, uh, much about it. Uh, but you know, it was an opportunity to, Hey, yeah, you know, let's get together again. And, uh, you know, we heard that Busey was in it. So heck, you know, who doesn't want to be in a, in a movie with Gary Busey? Cause he fits right in with the craziness of the Hanson brothers. And, and then we got out there and Stephen Baldwin was in it. So, you know, it was fun to do. I mean, I don't think anybody will dispute that Slapshot 2 certainly is not, um, as good as entertaining as Slapshot 1, but simply put, you just can't match or beat slap shot you know the first slap shot but you know we had a lot of fun doing it you know Busey was uh as entertaining off the ice uh as he as he was in the movie uh and Stephen Baldwin you know um did a nice job as as being a coach and and we had some other characters in there that played some neat roles but the, the thing that most people don't realize is that um 
the even though that film went direct to DVD, you know, they they were going to put it on the big screen, but they decided to go direct to DVD. But the Hanson brothers won the best supporting actor for a DVD premiere award at the uh, at at the um, and you know we walked the red carpet and did the whole shebang down in Hollywood uh, for that film. So. So even though, like I say, even though maybe you know, slap shot two, the junior league wasn't as as good as uh, or breaking the ice. Is that what it was? Yeah, was it breaking it was the ice was slap the second one. one. Yep. Yeah, yeah. You know, the Hanson brothers, I thought, were still uh, pretty entertaining. I, I saw in the Hanson. It's been a while since I have seen it, but I had seen it and and I enjoyed it because I got it basically because oh, the Hanson brothers are back. I didn't. I mean, I love Gary Busey, but I, I didn't. I didn't get. I didn't. I wouldn't have watched this movie because Gary Busey's name was on it. I watched it because you guys are in it. <laughs> right. So to me, you are the yeah, stars of Slapshot I, series. <laughs> well, I, I think, uh, I think a lot of people did the same thing when they saw that, uh, you know, Slapshot sequel was coming out and the Hanson brothers went. And I think you're right. I think they picked it up because of the Hanson brothers more than Stephen Baldwin or Gary Busey. Nothing to, not taking anything away from the two of them, but. It, it, you got you guys have a certain you know lane, and that's your lane, and and they're tr- they're trying to come over into it as best they could. But when it's hockey, yeah. it's the Hansons. <laughs> right, I'm with you. And I know in Slapshot Three, you got to work with. Uh, to me, it, it's one of these guys that started off as a serious actor and then went into the comedy roles. Leslie Nees Nielsen. You know. Yeah, that was uh, that was an interesting way that film came about. You know the. The Hanson brothers, um, you know, we like I mentioned earlier. I mean, we traveled the world, and and you know, we were able to take the the three of us to go out and and do a lot of fun things, um, and help a lot of communities raise money for you know, for charities and for their their needs and so forth and so on. So you know, we would see, like I said earlier, we would see young kids, you know, come up with. As, as fans and so forth and so on and recognizing that the first two movies were rated R um, you know we we talked to Universal about you know hey do you think maybe you can come up with a third film that could be a little more geared towards the kids because you know we would have a lot of fun with the kids when we'd see them in person and and vice versa and so they came up with Slapshot 3 um, and they made it you know, a PG level, uh, for viewing. And that turned out to be a lot of fun too, you know, and Leslie Nielsen, I mean, talk about iconic actors, you know, like a Paul Newman, uh, you know, Leslie was just wonderful to work with another wonderful man that had a great sense of humor. I mean, heck, he would, he would do this, the most stupidest things. Like he had this fart machine that, um, he would sneak into the set and sit on a chair. And when someone, you know, we'd be filming and someone go and sit in the chair and all of a sudden, you know, they'd sit down and you'd hear the big fart sound. And he just thought that was hilarious as did everybody else. Um, but he was a lot of fun. You know, we, we had a great time with Leslie as well as the other actors in it. And that was a fun movie for us. I think that um, uh, came across as accomplished what we wanted, which was, you know, a, a film that, families can sit together without worrying about muting, you know, particular words or, or covering their kids' eyes uh, on particular scenes and, and let them sit down and watch it as a family and, and 
just enjoy again, you know, the Hanson brothers and their and their antics and and comedy shtick. Uh, and we had a lot of fun with that. That was a good film. And I think that was appropriate that you had a family friendly one in a sense where you know people can go and just all enjoy it and and have fun with it. Yeah, I'll, you know, to this day I'll meet because I I work still working uh, in the hockey world here, and I got a lot of kids coming through my doors at the facility that I work at, and and the dad will want to come up and he'll want me to take a picture with their, you know, with the eight year old, and then I'll say, well, Dad, did, did they see Slapshot? And they'll say, no, I, we haven't shown me. And I said, good. Well, that's good parenting. I said, but you can go see Slapshot three. That's the one you can sit down and enjoy the family. And he said, yeah, we're going to do that. You know, so. So yeah, there's a good option for him to still enjoy the Hanson Brothers and something else other than <laughs> watching an R-rated movie. Uh, oh yeah, and, and, and because yeah, I can understand with Slapshot. There was a I saw my my son watched it with me, but he was at the time 18 when he was seeing it. So I didn't have to worry about like yeah, I I didn't want him to see it when he was like 10. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I, don't, right. I don't think I don't think the missus would have been too happy with me. The, the, you know, she would have been like because oh. she's never seen it. And but I'm sure he would have said, "Mommy, it had this and this," and that would have been like, "Oh, I'm in the doghouse." <laughs> yeah, yeah, you don't want that to happen. But he he enjoys it also, and I, and I think it just again it shows you that different, like you said, different age levels, different age groups, and just just love the film or the films, and it's just I think it that legacy that you and Jeff and Steve have um, will always. I mean, whatever happens. Hundred years from now, they'll still be talking about the Hanson brothers. Well, that's a, that's a neat thing about it. I mean, humor doesn't die. You know, it's it's and and Slapshot just stays funny. Um, I think uh, I think someone once said to me, you know, it's it's the perfect guy movie because it has everything. It's got you know humor. It's got foul language. It's got nudity, and it's got sports and violence. So. Um, you know, that kind of stuff is, uh, is always entertaining. And when you put it all in one package, you got a great film with great actors. Uh, you know, it'll always have staying power and hopefully continues on for years and years and years. I think it will. And I know not everybody's lucky to meet you in person because, you know, it's a, you're only one person or even the other two guys, there's, there's only three of you and you can only be in so many different places at so many times and still have your own personal lives. But there is a way where people can see you, and uh, that's what that's your cameo, right? Yeah, that was a neat thing about that when the, you know when the COVID hit and we weren't hit, we weren't able to hit go on the road anymore and travel the country and and visit fans and see people. Um, my son actually said, you know, hey, there's another way you can do this, and I says what? And he says cameo.com I said well, what is that and he explained it all to me and and so I went on it and it's worked out great I mean people it's a subscription service where I think they go in and they make a request and have me do a, a little uh, introduction or you know a greeting of some sort whether I mean I've had some real doozies I have I've had people uh, say hey Dave can you uh, I got my buddy who just went through a divorce and he needs a little bit of a pep talk can you give him a pep talk so I'll go on and I'll do that and you know so whether it's a divorce or it's a birthday or it's a bar mitzvah or it's a graduation or it's a retirement or anything for that matter you can go on look me up Dave Hansen on cameo.com and 
and put in a request for me, and I'll, I'll do a little uh, greeting for you. So it, it, it's been fun. It's been a whole lot of fun, and a lot of people have taken advantage of it. So it's another way for for me to kind of stay in contact with the fans and for the fans to still you know, have a fresh glimpse of a Hanson brother. Oh, I agree. And, and I think that's one of the great things about modern technology now, and that's, that's really been pushed to the forefront I guess it's one of the few positives you could look at it for the last couple of years is that people able to reach out and start using the technology to talk to people. I've ended up making friends with people in New Zealand because of this and other stuff. And it, it, it's, it's wonderful how things like this are able to, to work. Yeah, this cameo.com has been a good thing. So I, I encourage your listeners to, uh, Take a look at it and give me a little buzz, and uh, I'll give him a, a little hello in return. Awesome, and I want to thank you for for letting me interview you, Dave. And you know, this this to me is just one of the the highlights. You know, because I mean, I've interviewed like Ron Perlman, Lou Gossett Jr., but I'm putting you right up there with them because I really love Slapshot and I love the Hanson Brothers. So for me, this 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 is like one. This is like one of the like the highlights. Well, I appreciate that, Steve. I mean, I consider, you know, uh, Lou Gossett Jr. and, and Perlman to be pretty royalty. I love talking to those guys, but I appreciate you spending the time with me, and uh, uh, I really enjoyed our conversation. All right. And thank you, listeners. I hope you enjoyed it, too, and um, I hope everybody stays safe and has a good day, and talk to you later. Hello, everybody. Again, I hope everybody enjoyed the episode, the interview. And I'm going to be going out this episode with the trailer to Slapshot so you guys get an idea what the movie's about, as you did with Mr. Hansen. And I hope you guys can take a watch to it and everything like that. It's a really good movie. It's rated R, but it's very good, very funny. I enjoyed it a lot. So everybody has a good day. Bye. I'm placing a personal bounty on the head of Tim McCracken. You can't put a bounty on a man's head. I just did. Go get him, killer! It's wild. It's outrageous. It's outrageously funny. Paul Newman, Coach Reggie Dunlop in this supercharged world of hockey, invites you to meet the crazies who make it that way. The players. Murderers Row. The fans, the managers. We're losing! Teamwork, guys, more teamwork. They're burying us alive! Who are these guys? They brought their toys with them. And hustling of all, Paul Newman. Oh, you are very clever. Leave him. My wife left me. I was driving her crazy. Get out! You can't make him win. You're a losing coach. Okay, guys. Show us what you got. Behind the comedy, the sex, the wild excitement. This is the absorbing story of one man fighting to hang on in a world gone absurd. They don't want you to score goals. They want blood. They're booing you. There's never been a film like Slapshot. There may never be a